Hi, it's, it's really good to see you. Um, this is a, a real novel experience, isn't it, to, you know, to gather in the afternoon. I did my shift at uh, Basingstoke Baptist Church this morning, and um, this morning they got um, the prophecy of Micah and looking at Bethlehem. And it would have been really easy, wouldn't it, just to pop in this afternoon and just repeat. But one of those things that you got learn when you do the same sermon again and again is if you didn't think it went that good in the morning, don't repeat it. So I've got something different for you this evening. And it's really simple. I, I just want you to go away from here with um, five words in the forefront of your mind. And these five words are found in John chapter 16. Oh, we're straight in, aren't we? Do you notice that? I was going to do some introduction. I was going to tell you a bit about me and uh, my wife, Carol. My wife, Carol's with me tonight. Carol is um, a worship leader at the church that I lead up on Gershwin Road. And uh, she also is a teacher at QMC. Does anybody else know or heard of QMC? Ah. There's a few hands there. A little bit of family input here. Um, Our youngest son, Ben, 23, graduated with his law degree this year, uh, although he studied most of it at home at our house, although we received no fees for that, absolutely none whatsoever. Um, He's waiting, he's um, applied, and he's waiting to start um, the graduate detective program with Hampshire Constabulary. Now... That's not what we had planned for him. We had planned that he would take his law degree and become a barrister and help us in our pension years. But he seems to have other plans. Our eldest son, Josh, is married to Floss. Um, they are currently living in Watford. And uh, Josh was the worship director of a big Baptist church called Gold Hill Baptist. And um, he stepped down from that role at uh, the beginning of this year because he sensed God saying that he and his wife were to build a house of prayer and worship. And that's what they're doing. They are building a prayer and worship place. And at the moment, it's in the house that God has provided for them. And it's just uh, mind-blowing. We, we think about things like, you know, how do you pay for stuff and whatever. And, and he just doesn't seem to worry about that. I, what's going on in his mind? This, this trusting in the Lord stuff, oh, mind-blowing. But I just want to share with you uh, five words. Five words, um, John chapter 16, verse 27, if you are a a Bible carrier or have got an app on your phone, and it says this, the Father himself loves you. There you go. The Father himself loves you. So when you move out from here later into the cold and you think about what did Dave bring um, to us this afternoon as we gathered to worship, we found ourselves in the presence of God in our worship. People brought words and prayers. Cool, brilliant. And what did that bloke say? The bloke said this. He said, the Father himself loves you. Do you know how much God loves you? Have you got an awareness and an understanding of how much God loves you. Here we are on the second Sunday of Advent. And I always find Advent a bit weird anyway. What are we waiting for? We know that Jesus has come. Uh, My Jesus is not in a manger. My Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and he rules and he reigns and he intercedes for us right here, right now. It's nice to look back all cosy at the baby in the manger and have the, the donkey and the cattle and the, the, the straw and all the. That's nice. But that's not where our Jesus is. 
Advent, what am I waiting for? The Advent that I'm in is not only during this period of time uh, in December, it's actually about waiting for him to come again. The promise in God's word is that he will return. So the one who came, the one who died for you and for me, the one who was resurrected, the one who has ascended, has promised that he's coming back. Now, when he comes back, what's he coming back to? And the call for people like you and me is that we would be ready. This is the advent for us. And when we gather week by week, like we're doing here uh, this afternoon, or if you were at the Baptist churches this morning, what we do as we gather is the church, the body of Christ. What we're doing is saying, come on, let's lift up our eyes. Let's take on board where we are in history and let's say together, come Lord Jesus, would you mould us and shape us? Would you prepare us for your coming again? And the cool thing about it is that as we wait for his coming, he has poured out for each and every one of us all the resources that we need to ensure that the world around us takes those five words that I've just spoken into their hearts and responds. The Father himself loves you. You've taken on board, you've heard that, you've responded to that. But there's a world outside these doors who are yet to respond to that. Do you know, the Father himself loves you. I was in, in, uh, no, I wasn't in India. Well, I have been to India. Well, I could tell you about my holidays, but let's not go there. We were in Ireland um, uh, years ago. We were in Ireland, and Carol and I and the boys, and we were staying with some friends in Ireland. And um, they were Catholic, and we went to this Catholic church uh, on a Sunday morning, and uh, there we were, part of this, this, this community, and the father, the, the, the priest in charge, uh, came to the point in, in the, the service where it's just called the, the homily. Have you ever heard that word? Homily. It just sounds really quite nice. This isn't a homily. I don't think I'm homilying. Um, this is a chat, talk, preach, sermon, oh, whatever. Anyhow, he was bringing a homily, and he actually took this text, and the message that he brought, which was mind-blowingly simple, was that he got down from the platform into the congregation and went from one person to the next person to the next person. And one by one, he eyeballed them. And this was a little bit disconcerting because, you know, a bit too much for me. But eye to eye looked and said, the Father himself loves you. Well, he went down one side and all those people got loved and given that word. Then he turned around at the top and then came down this side. I don't know how many times we heard that phrase, but he eyeballed everybody and said to every single person that the Father himself loves you. And then he got back up onto the platform and then started to draw the service to a close. I'm thinking to myself, that didn't take hours of preparation. (laughs) Four years at Bible college, me crumbs and if that's all you have to do but I tell you it was one of the most impactful messages I'd ever heard do you know the father himself loves you he loves you Uh, do you know what there's a piece in the bible it's John chapter 10 verse 10 you know it off by heart it reminds us that the thief comes to do what do you know steal kill destroy Okay, 
So the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then the next part, Jesus says something really amazing. He says, but I have come, what to do? Bring life in all of its fullness. You see, the full life that God desires for each and every one of us is a life that is encompassed in the knowledge and the understanding that the Father himself loves you. You see, we are released when we are aware of the love that our creator God has for us. But the thing that uh, gnarls the enemy more than anything is that we would know that information. And therefore, his strategy all the time is to do everything that he can to make you believe the opposite to what Jesus says in John 16. You see, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to take away the word of God, that seed that has been planted into you as you give your life to Christ. He wants to take that away, steal it from you. He wants to decimate the new life that you have in Christ. Do you know that when you come to Christ, there's a phenomenal transaction that happens, and it says... You are born again. How bonkers is that? You're born again. Scripture says that the old is gone and the new has come. You're a new creation in Christ. But the enemy says, no, 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 you're not. Do you know what he does? I mean, this is one of his tactics. If I let you in on one of his tactics, then you're going to get the upper hand, right? One of his tactics is to lie to you. You ever heard the enemy lie to you. He's really subtle. He's very, very subtle. You see, once you start to live out your full understanding of what it means to be a child of the King of Kings, once you start to fully embrace the fact that you are loved by your Heavenly Father, then the enemy says things like, Well, he doesn't love you if you do that. He doesn't love you if you say that. If you think that. How many times did we feel saddened? Or let's put it a little bit, I don't know, sometimes convicted. We've done something, we've been somewhere, we've looked at something that probably is not honouring to God. No, it's definitely not honouring to God. And we realise that that is not God's best for us. And what the enemy does is he ramps it up and makes you feel dirty and disgusting. And therefore, he tries to convince you that there is no way that you can approach a holy, perfect God. You see, what he does is he steals and he kills and destroys. And he undermines that word that Jesus gives us, that the Father himself loves you. You see, we can approach our Heavenly Father at any time. You know, this is really simple. The moment that you feel oppressed, the moment that you feel guilty, the moment that you feel uncomfortable in whatever the situation you are in, okay, know that our Heavenly Father never condemns. Do you know how I know that? 
Does anybody know how I know that our Father never condemns? Tell me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does anybody know Romans chapter 8 verse 1? Say it to me. Come on, say it again. And now say it louder. Come on. That's truth. That is truth. You see, he doesn't condemn us. Now, what the Holy Spirit does, which is beautiful, is he convicts us. He brings us to that point of understanding where we are moving away from the fullness that God has for us. You see, this is what the Bible says. It says in Ephesians uh, 2.10, it says that we have been created. It says actually that we are God's workmanship. Just look around at you now. Can you just have a look around and just see the quality of God's workmanship around you? Have a look. Okay. We are God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared beforehand for us to do. Did you know that scripture? Have you ever heard that before? It's cracking, isn't it? Isn't it beautiful? We're God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. You see, when we find ourselves in that place of fully understanding those first five words that I shared with you, that the Father himself loves you, you are drawn into a relationship with your heavenly Father. And as you're drawn into a relationship with your heavenly Father, he bestows upon you gifts and abilities. And those gifts and abilities are the resources that you need to live out the life of the fullness of Christ that he set apart for you. And as you start to walk out in those gifts and abilities that he has given to you, what happens is that the world around you becomes aware that the Father himself loves them too. You see, gifts are not for you. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Gifts are not for us. It's it's getting close to Christmas, isn't it? And as we get close to Christmas, we realise that there are a lot of people that we've got to buy stuff for. And I leave all of that to my wife and I just watch the bank account going down and down and down. And I've got a little list and my little list is from my wife and I know exactly what uh, I'm expected to purchase. But I don't purchase anything for myself because that would be a little bit silly really, wouldn't it? Because what I do is I give out a a list or a a wish, desire um, list and and hopefully stuff is going to come back to me and what God's done is he said look these the gifts but these gifts aren't for you the deal is that you're going to pass these gifts on to others you're going to use these gifts to transform other people's lives you will have the gift of healings do you know you're going to be laying your hands upon the sick and they will get well if you have got that anointing and that gifting can you start laying your hands on some people that's the call isn't it If you know that God has so set you apart to release healing into people's lives, then share the gift. If God's given you the gift of uh, of discernment, if God's given you the gift of uh, words of knowledge, 
We need to have that operating within the body of Christ. If you keep it to yourself, that's, I mean, that's just selfish. Stop it. Release it. If your gift is the gift of, of prophecy, oh Lord, would you raise up amongst us here prophets? What is a prophet? A prophet is one who hears from God and brings that word to the people. And we need that more than anything, that God would raise up amongst us those who can communicate and share with us. What is God's heart? What is God's passion? What is his desire? We've spoken here today, even as, uh, as we've come together in worship, about those in our community that we are recognised that we're being drawn towards. Those uh, refugees, those who are homeless, those who are in great need. And you see, the thing about it is, all of that gathering of people in our community are always on God's heart. But do you know what? Sometimes it just takes a prophet to come along and say, we need to do something about this. This is what God has told me that we need to do. I don't know if you realise this, but the Father himself loves you. Just, just take that one on board. The Father himself loves you. He loves you enough to die for you. Oh, that's just mind-blowing, isn't it? His love is such that he was willing to die for you. But once we respond to his amazing love, we recognise also that he gives us the resources that we need to minister to a world around us. Do you know you have everything that you need to impact the community in which you serve for the honour and for the glory of God? You don't lack anything. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Could I tell you what you lack? Because I'm the same. The get up and go. Come on. You see, Advent is about waiting. Waiting for a coming. The coming is the coming of Christ himself. But I want to be one of those who, when I'm waiting, I'm busy. And I'm about his business. That I'm using the gifts that he has given to me as the gifts that he has given to you for his, his honour and for his glory to see the world around us come to the knowledge and the understanding that the Father himself loves you. So rise up. Let's get going. Let's not hang around any longer. Let's be aware of the enemy's tactics the one whose desire is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And here's a phrase. Here's a phrase. Try, take this little one on board. Like, this is a quite a good one. When you're feeling condemned, when you're feeling that I can't do what God may be calling me to do because of the place that I found myself in, then you say these, this, this little phrase, get behind me, Satan. That's what we do. Get behind me, Satan. To get back on track is really simple. All I do is say, Father, I have done this, said this, been here, involved in, and then you make it personal. I feel dirty. Dirty because I'm out of step with your Holy Spirit. I confess and I ask you to cleanse me. Renew me, 
refresh me, empower me, fill me, that I will be able to do all that you have called me to do. It's simple. It's simple. But you see, the enemy just tries to continue to bring us down and down and down. But I want today, on this second Sunday in Advent, an afternoon in Basingstoke, just to encourage you. And this is the word of encouragement that I want to bring. The Father himself loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've become. He says to you this afternoon, I love you. Can we just stand for a moment? I always have this picture in my mind of, um, do you remember when that that lady was caught in adultery and uh, she was brought to Jesus? Do you remember that story? And um, there's all those accusers all hanging around. And, um, And Jesus doesn't take any notice of them. His focus is totally upon this woman. And uh, I have this picture in my mind, you know, as, as Jesus is affirming this woman of each and every one. It talks about in the scripture, the eldest left first and they were all came prepared with rocks to throw and uh, one by one they left. I just want to say to you today, whatever you're carrying that's holding you back, from all that God's got in store for you. Just where you are, just open your hands and let it fall. I don't know what you've been listening to. I don't know what you've been watching. I don't know know whose company you've been spending time with. I don't know what lies the enemy has been speaking to you and over you. Just let them go. Let's let it go this evening. We open our hands. And when... We drop those rocks. It gives us the opportunity to raise our hands and to receive from God all that he has for us. Let me just speak this over you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Father himself loves you. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I speak over you this afternoon that you are God's workmanship. You've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared and advanced for you to do. As you stand in the presence of God this afternoon, I just want to affirm you and bless you. I stand in front of, of a phenomenal gathering of people who have gifts and anointings that would blow my mind. Just know today, just know that you are the right people at the right time to do a mighty work right here, right now in this community. You are chosen by God. Oh, Wow, I just get that little Holy Spirit shiver down my back. So let's just ask him to come and fill us. Holy Spirit, 
Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here. Forgive us, Lord, where we have forgotten how much our Father loves us. Forgive us, Lord, when we've held on to the gifts that you have given to us and not used them for your glory. Forgive us, Lord, when we have listened to the lies of the enemy and restore us and renew us and build us up and empower us as a people who know that the Father himself loves me. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.